when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Carousel talk, is that something you just ignore? Yeah, yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired and the next week you're going to take another job, and I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And So, yes, to answer your question. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it, but it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sun Belt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the plane? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of that. It was like, <laughs> like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming, and we ain't backing down. It's time for Carolina football. Let's get the fuck out of your seats. Spurs up. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, babe, what's going on? Oh, man, we just hopped on the line here because we just had the Heisman Trophy mm-hmm. ceremony. We'll get to that in just a moment here, Shane, but a uh, little bit of a bombshell. It's not official or anything, so hopefully it just doesn't even happen. But I kind of want to start with this because have you seen the news where the national championship game <laughs> Might get delayed thanks to old yep. uh, Ohio State. Once again, the Big Ten has failed with the COVID. <laughs> and yep. they may not be able to play here on Monday. Yeah, they want Justin Fields to heal up first, Mike. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's not the Buckeyes if they don't get at least two weeks for preparation. So, exactly. come on, guys. What are we doing here? Bama's did – okay, so they're doing their thing. They went across the country too. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. come on. I, I just – I don't know. I think there's something going on here in the background, and, and I don't like that. But how, how realistic do you think we get uh, – a delay in this type of in this game well i think the decision is going to have to come pretty quick and if they haven't made it yet i think uh, you know based on what i'm hearing greg sankey really pushing for this game to be played on time i think in part because you know we we gotta I, I think we're just in a spot where like if we can get it played let's play it you know what i mean and yeah and alabama's not having the issues and hell we've already delayed so many times and, and changed the rules for ohio state I don't think exactly. that we want to change it just just to cater to them once again. So I do love the fact there's conspiracy theories and whatnot. And mm-hmm. apparently if uh, if the game, again, this has not been announced or anything, but if it is pushed back, it's just going to be pushed back a week. So it's that's not too bad. But, you know, I'm ready for this thing to get played, and I'm ready to see these two teams go at it, you know? Yeah, I'm ready for it to play too, and – it just makes me want to bet on it a little bit more. So I may go ahead and get my bet in now because if they're coming in there with three or four not there, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Uh, the the added advantage, I guess, too, with Bama, though, is 
you know, it gives Waddle another another week of getting healthy, you know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, is he going to be playing during this thing right now? It certainly sounds like he's back at practice. Uh, he's cleared to go. I think they're leaving it up mm-hmm. to him, obviously, because of uh, we all know the bright future he's got in the NFL. He's not even officially, you know, declared he's going or anything, but I think mm-hmm. all indications are he, he does plan to go to the NFL. And uh, I just hope that uh, his final game, he gets to – see the field, national championship game. He deserves to go out that way. Absolutely. Well, speaking of Alabama, Shane, let's just jump right into, uh, like I teased there, the Heisman Trophy ceremony took place here on Tuesday evening. No surprise who won it. And now, without further ado, the 2020 winner of the Heisman Trophy is Devontae Smith of the University of Alabama. All right, Shane, so no surprise. Like I said, Devonta Smith wins it. He had uh, more first-place votes, double the amount of uh, runner-up Trevor Lawrence. My dog's big Trevor Lawrence guy. (laughs) Trevor Lawrence finished uh, second in the voting. Mac Jones third, Kyle Trask fourth, and Najee Harris fifth. And uh, number two and three, Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones, they were about neck and neck. I mean, we're talking splitting here pairs here for that award. But uh, like I said, Devonta Smith, big winner, was not even close here. But what are your thoughts on that one, Shane? Well, uh, for starters, I'm, I'm glad Smitty got it. Um, it is really not easy to get the Heisman. As, as a receiver, I mean, when's the last receiver to win the Heisman? I'm trying to think. I mean, I can't. Um, maybe did Peter Warwick win it? I don't think he did. I think he was no. He was up for it. And then the shoplifting scandal. <laughs> yeah. um, I remember Randy Moss was in the mix for one, you know. But I, I right. don't. I, I I cannot remember the last time. I mean, so maybe just Desmond just, Howard, maybe. Oof, yeah, but th- he played both ways. So you know, so that and he didn't deserve it anyway. Let's be honest. He, he should have been runner up. So anyway, but anyway, (laughs) I digress, Mike, you know, it's just, it's a feat in itself to be a receiver and win the Heisman. Uh, So that was very impressive. And I was worried. I was worried that, you know, because some of Smitty's best games came here toward the tail end. And and if we didn't have those early votes come in, but uh, it wasn't even close. So a lot of these guys must've been holding on or, or just seeing what we saw that this is the most, dynamic explosive receiver in the game right now and uh well deserving for the for the uh for the award now i will say this mike it did hurt me it did crush my soul a little bit when trevor lawrence gets up there and we see him big peyton manning fan i see the checker you know i mean it's just Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of tennessee gear his whole life and it it did make me wonder what could have been but uh i can't i can't I can't focus on that, Mike. I got to move forward and uh, just want to congratulate again Smitty for his accomplishments. Yeah, and uh, you know the reaction. There was so much good reaction. Maybe my favorite one. SEC Network retweeted uh, Smitty making the the amazing catch he had against LSU. Mm-hmm. But they, instead, they took the football out, and it was the Heisman Trophy that they caught him reeling in. <laughs> so that was great. I don't know if you saw this, but. Um, you know, I had completely forgotten this, Shane, but uh, Devonta Smith was committed to Georgia at one point. Yeah. Obviously decommitted and, and signed with Alabama, but Alabama fans all day were retweeting his decommitment back in 2016. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> that was dirty. 
And uh, how about Texas, Shane? We retweeted this from the podcast. If you missed it, they they said in 2020, Steve Sarkeesian's record-setting offense produced two Heisman finalists and the Heisman winner horns up. And it's <laughs> so Texas, they're yet they're taking credit for what Alabama's accomplishing on the field. Uh, the Sarkeesian era starts 0-1 right there. Yeah, the Texas way, baby. <laughs> oh, I, I like that. You know, what I thought was the coolest part was um, just a support staff that was around these families. And then you look at Schmidt, he's, he's got a damn, he's got a packed house, man. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's a community center or a church or something, but that, that, that place was packed full of people. I mean, and, and it, it kind of made me sad because I was like, you know, if I was up for some event and my family and friends were there, I was like, I couldn't have near as many people there, so, you know, unless I promised like free cake or something, you know, <laughs> free beer or something, you know. And how about this stat, Shane? So I had no idea this was either stat either, but Alabama, you know, they've had a couple Heisman winners here in the in the recent seasons. Mm-hmm. They've just finally caught Army. They they have as many Heisman winners as Army. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Now is this their third? Is this their third one? Is that what it was? Uh, I believe so. Uh, so you'd have uh, Ingram and uh, Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that kind of surprises you. As many good years as Alabama's had, that's all they have. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I just I just thought it was good, man. I was I was you, you know we talked about it yesterday. Um, we thought Devontae should have got it, and uh, he did. So this happened exactly, and and another SEC Heisman winner. I mean, think about that, Mike. It was. Yeah, it was out of five candidates, four of them from the most powerful dominant conference in the country. I just love it. I love to see it. And that just shows you the dominance of our conference. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to play uh, just a quick clip here of Devonta Smith and uh, his acceptance speech. I thought uh, I thought fans would appreciate this one. First off, I would like to thank God. Without him, none of this would be possible. Um Congratulate all the finalists just to be in this situation with you guys. Y'all are great athletes. And just to be a part of something like this is truly a blessing. Um, I want to thank my family, my mom, my dad, just everything that y'all taught me to mold me into the young man I am today. Um, I want to thank my mentor, Vincent Sanders. Without you, I wouldn't be where I am today. Just from the rise to taking me places that I want to visit, just to doing things and just helping me get to where I am. I want to thank Coach Saban for giving me the opportunity to come play at the University of Alabama. Uh, Thank Coach Wiggins, my receiver coach, just for helping me day in and day out, watching film, making me a better player. Thank my teammates. Um, With team success comes individual success, so without y'all, I wouldn't be where I am today winning this award. And just to all the young kids out there, that's not the biggest, not the strongest. Just keep pushing, because I'm not the biggest. I've been doubted a lot just because of my size. And really, it just comes down to you put your mind to it, you can do it. No job is too big. If you put your mind to it, you can do it, and just keep believing in God, and you'll get where you want to be. I would like to thank Jeff Allen and the athletic training staff here for giving me all the resources to continue playing this game, to keep me healthy so I can go out there and do the things that I, that I like to do. Thank our president, Dr. Bell, and our athletic director, 
Mr. Burns, just for being here and making everything possible with COVID going on and giving us a chance to play this season. Thank you. Roll Tide. All right, Chad. So great stuff there from Devonta Smith. Um, mm -hmm. But hey, we got some other teams to hit on here, brother. You want to go around the league real quick? Let's do it. Now let's go now around let's the go league. Around My, my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So, uh, so I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should we should mix those games up and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us. In Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey, guys! Hey! I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. I wanted to start here in uh, Baton Rouge, Shane, because... Go Tigers. The Tigers, man, they've got some momentum now, obviously... You know, they uh, had the uh, bowl ban, self-imposed bowl ban. But uh, after winning the final two games of the season, no one saw that coming. They've picked up a lot of steam here, Shane. The entire defensive line, Glenn Logan, Neil Farrell, Ali Gay, and Andre Anthony have all announced they're coming back for one more season. And to top that off, the entire starting interior of the offensive line, Ed Ingram, Chasen Hines and Liam Shanahan have also announced they're returning. These are all guys taking advantage of the free year of eligibility. So, you know, Coach O's got to be the damn happiest guy in the world here, Shane. <laughs> He's a line of scrimmage guy. And, uh, you know, that's that's where it all starts in Baton Rouge there, that the line of scrimmage. And LSU suddenly is looking pretty stout on the line of scrimmage. You know what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. And, uh, it kind of surprised me. I thought this was going to be one of those programs where a lot of kids just cut bait and went to the pros. But, you know, getting them to come back and stick around, uh, you know, maybe we were a little too quick to crown the West champs, Mike. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, here on Tuesday, Coach O was on um, ESPN Baton Rouge 104.5 ESPN show off the bench. He was asked about all these guys returning and Eric Gilbert, I thought uh, LSU fans would want to hear these comments. You mentioned recruiting, and you guys got another top five class, top four class, no matter the, 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 the service you look at. But, but you mentioned throughout the season that it was going to be as important in recruiting your roster back to campus for next season. And, Coach, you guys have dominated in doing that. Glenn Logan announced last night he's coming back. Ali Gay's coming back. In fact, you got your entire offensive and defensive line looking like it's coming back to school. What's that part of the process been like? You know, uh, towards the end of the season, and recruiting was coming up. I told the team that we have some very important recruits out there, but the most important recruits are the guys in our room. And I got to give credit to the staff. We did a great job of recruiting our guys. Uh, these guys believed, and again, you know, the last two wins helped. Uh, we ended up on a positive note, and because of the COVID, most of those guys had another year. They needed another year. They knew it was best for them to stay, and we're so glad to have them. Speaking of the offense, Coach, one of your players that had an impact early on, it, the status of Arik Gilbert, do you know what uh, what the status of his is right now? Yeah, 
you know, we love Eric. And uh, he entered the transfer portal. Uh, we're still in contact with his mother and his family. Uh, hopefully he wants to come back. I just wish the best for him. There you have it from Coach O on the uh, return of those players. So certainly sounds like the, the end of the season, like I was saying, the, the huge upset over Florida and beating Ole Miss. That uh, you know has really helped the momentum here in Baton Rouge. And then Eric Gilbert, I wanted to mention that because, yes, he left the program, but he just now, it took him, you know, that was like three, four weeks ago he left or opted out, what have you. Yeah. He's just now entered the portal. And certainly, you know, that's a step that he's going to leave. And now Tennessee and Georgia and Georgia Tech, all these schools, Auburn, Alabama, they can all contact him. I, I understand that. But if he was totally dead set on, you know, to hell with LSU, I'm never going back, I think he would have entered the portal, portal immediately, don't you think? One would think. But the fact that it's now happening – you know, is a, is a sign that this is moving in the wrong direction if you're an LSU fan, in my opinion. If, yeah. It would have been one thing if he would have entered immediately, and now you're hearing comments like this, but the fact that this has been going on this long, you know, he's sending out cryptic tweets already. It's like he's already enjoying the recruiting process. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to get my hopes up if I'm an LSU fan right now. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Eric Gilbert, let's kick it down to uh, Rocky Top, where if you missed it, I think this was on Sunday, but uh, quarterback Harrison Bailey, of course, his high school quarterback, you know, he tweeted to Eric Gilbert, said, you know, I think, I can't remember exactly what it said, but I said, let's, I think he said, let's run it again, like, basically, come mm-hmm. on down to Tennessee, and he deleted that, and I knew what that meant was uh, Eric Gilbert was not in the portal, <laughs> That's an NCAA <laughs> violation. You can't be recruiting guys from other schools. Can, can you not as a player? I don't believe so, no. Um, but now he's in the portal, so it doesn't matter. But, you know, I'm sure I'm sure it's, it's not like a major violation or anything because, hell, that lets you know that uh, Tennessee is certainly on Eric Gilbert's radar. And I kind of chuckle when all a lot of these Tennessee fans think that uh, maybe they're the favorite to get Eric Gilbert, but – you know, the truth is, behind the scenes, I'm, I am hearing that uh, Tennessee is a major player here along with uh, Georgia and Georgia Tech, and I wouldn't rule out Alabama either. But uh, thoughts on all – I guess thoughts on on that, Shane Gilbert. And, hell, it well, was a wild recruitment before. It sounds like it's going to be a wild recruitment again. It already is. And, yeah, and that just kind of blows my mind because I, I thought players it, – it didn't matter what players said. You know, if kids got online and said because – you know, we're we're seeing this kind of now in Knoxville with um, North Carolina. Sam Howell is that what his name is? Uh-huh. Uh, the quarterback. You know, act, yeah, actively recruiting uh, Eric Crouch so from Tennessee. So it, it just I thought maybe that was a loophole and, and maybe something we're going to see more of is players trying to recruit recruit players on on other rosters because Eric's not in the transfer portal. So hmm. I'm not seeing this tweet you're talking about. He must have deleted that one, too. Who, uh, Sam Howe or yeah. whatever? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, because a buddy of mine sent, apparently Sam Howe is recruiting Crouch to North Carolina, not against the rules. Only coaches can't tamper. Every program will have players reaching out to our <laughs> You know, let me ask you, Mike, I, because, you know, the whole Eric Gilbert odyssey, you know, that's – that's going to be a that's going to be a project, that, and that's going to be a 
that's that's going to be a big storyline, obviously, because he was a big recruit coming out of high school. He's still a big recruit in college. But uh, I got to ask you, man, what is going on with Tennessee Volunteers right now? <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm hearing so many things. I'm hearing coach isn't coming back. You know, you're talking about cryptic tweets. Harrison Bailey's dad got out there and sent a message that Harrison is only at Knoxville because of of uh, Coach Pruitt. He, mm-hmm. He's playing for Coach Pruitt, not the Tennessee Volunteers. And, you know, it just – and we got people hitting – I'm sure you were getting to Knoxville because we got Ty Chandler hitting the transfer portal now. we got all this stuff going on. Uh, what the hell is going on in Knoxville right now, Mike? <laughs> Well, I think it depends on the day, depends on the hour, depends on which way the wind's blowing, brother, because I'm getting all kinds of uh, mixed messages and, you know, someone tipped me off that, you know, they thought Pruitt was going to be out. And then here we are a day later, you know, we mentioned it on the show, still there. So maybe uh, I think in a sense they're waiting for this uh, internal investigation to to kind of play its course there, trying to really figure out what's going on because... uh, you know, there's staff positions that uh, need to be filled. Mm-hmm. And I've even heard some some really potentially exciting things about who Pruitt wants to hire. And I, I've seen Let's it. Let's talk about it. I've seen it, on, I've, I've seen it on multiple spots here. But uh, from what I understand, Shane, I already knew that uh, he and Kevin Steele were pretty good close buddies. Uh-huh. And that's I hear he's coming to Knoxville if Pruitt Ooh. survives and and if <laughs> the, the way the way it's it's uh, been relayed to me is Pruitt's not even allowed to make hires at the at the moment because they don't mm. know if he's going to be there because they don't know what's going on with this investigation. So, I mean, the longer this thing takes, uh, the more time guys like Kevin Steele have you know, to, to be recruited elsewhere. And, and you think right. a coach is just going to sit on his hands and say, well, you know, Kevin Steele's making, I, I think he was making 2 million at Auburn. So if a deal like that comes around, he's not going to sit on his hands. He's going to take it. So he may right. not go to Tennessee, but in in addition to that, even I know some people are not big Kevin Steele fans. I had him as the number one defensive coordinator in the SEC going into last year. That's how much I think about him. But in addition to that, I've heard that uh, the defensive line coach down there at Auburn, Rodney Gardner, longtime mm-hmm. uh, defensive coordinator in the SEC, one of the best recruiters in the SEC for the defensive line position, and we all know how important that position is. I hear he's coming with them. But again, they can't make these hires until they know where Pruitt's status is at, and I don't know what that means for uh, defensive coordinator Derek Ansley. I would assume that means he's moving on, but I have not heard that he's moving on. So who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know that uh, Kevin Steele would be coming on as a defensive coordinator. I assume he would be. I mean, he's he's been doing it for so long, but uh, he's got experience coaching linebackers. I mean, he, that would be a hell of a a job, Pruitt, if he could get him to be just coaching linebackers. But uh, yeah, you know, we'll we'll see about that one. But. You know, you mentioned it's that uh, you mentioned that tweet from Harrison Bailey's dad. I mean, I think it kind of they're hearing the same things where Pruitt's maybe about fifty fifty here or fifty fifty gone, and right. I think I think that's the family saying, "Hell, you're going to lose your quarterback if if Pruitt's not retained," and that, maybe that's something to think about. And that's and that's what that's what all the fans need, man, because you can the, when you don't know when there's no transparency, it you you just that's why you see all these this this stuff on Twitter now, man. You got 
You got kids, you got people attacking the quarterback of Tennessee Volunteers dad right now mm-hmm. for the comments that he made over a storyline that we don't know even exists. If coaches is set to come back, then Phil should be out there telling the media that everything's okay, that we're behind our coach. He's going to be here next year. They should squash it. But the fact that he's not makes you wonder. Because now they got, the, like you said, they retained a lawyer that's come in, and they call him, I, I can't remember what his nickname is, but the last time he was on campus, he fired Bruce, they got Bruce Pearl out, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it just, it, it looks like that he won't be retained. And they're trying to save as much money as possible during this transition. But, you know, when you lose a coach this late in the season, and, and, and because Tennessee's got so many things riding, like you said, they, we've got maybe a potential Coach Steele situation. We've got maybe an Eric Gilbert situation. We've got all this stuff going on. No transfer is going to want to come through the portal to our university mm-hmm. if we don't have a coach right now. Right, and even the uh, announcements from the players, you're kind of getting mixed things because uh, we've not referenced any of these. You, you, did, you mentioned uh, running back Ty Chandler there. He has entered the transfer portal. But uh, senior receiver Valus Jones Jr. announced he's coming back. And then yeah. Bryce Thompson declares for the draft. Now, he probably could have helped his stock coming back, but he's an NFL player, so can't yeah. can't uh, you know complain with that decision. But then you got DeAndre Johnson, the, the outside linebacker, transferred to Miami. So it's like... <laughs> yeah. It's, and then there's it, rumors on Toa Toa. Is he coming back? It's like... Right. No, we just don't know. So you got So you got the inside people making weird moves and we've got people on the outside making speculations and it's just you know we're a fan base of turmoil right now and trust me there's a lot of vocal <laughs> twitter feeds out there you know it's like let's just let's just come out say something tell tell it, it almost feels like they're waiting and waiting and waiting and then friday at seven o'clock they're gonna drop something you know right yeah so um if anything happens anything more that i get to catch wind of i'll definitely inform you guys but uh oh and speaking of tennessee remember i don't even know if we've referenced this yet but uh their highest ranked commit dylan brooks you know they let that leak a couple days ago that he has officially signed with tennessee and i tried to hint at that during uh our early signing day coverage that uh, that was going to happen but that's another one shane where i was told the reason he didn't want that out there he signed with tennessee but he was terrified that Pruitt was even going to be the coach so Mm. if he didn't have that out there and he just signed kind of under the table and Pruitt got fired he was going to fight to get his freedom essentially so I mean I mean it is affecting recruiting already we're seeing that Tennessee's got um, a number of uh, really good prospects committed to the class that didn't sign during the early signing period they're waiting to February to see if he's going to even be there so yeah, it's it's affecting the program all all the way around, and a decision just needs to be made here because you just can't half-ass it and compete in the SEC. You know what? I agree. All right, well, the moving on, Shane. Let's jump on down to Fayetteville real quick. Woo pig! Where I got a question for Sam Pittman: Is Barry Odom still your defensive coordinator? Yes, sir. <laughs> So there you have it, Barry Odom, defensive coordinator, staying at Arkansas. And this was what I never really thought that uh, Barry Odom would be leaving, but 
once Texas got involved and all the money they got going down there, and there's been speculation that uh, LSU Coach O was after Barry Odom. Never thought he would go to LSU. I don't think he would um, leave Arkansas for another defensive coordinator position in the SEC, certainly not in the SEC West because he's so close with Sam Pittman and that would just be a terrible look for that program and jump into a division rival at the for a same position. But Texas made a, would have made a little bit of sense just given the fact that, you know, you can work with so many elite players you're you're basically it's just Texas and Oklahoma and that's the only two mm-hmm. contenders in that division. I mean it's a it's an easier path to the playoff. But uh, this is huge for Arkansas and I continue to say it. I've said it a couple times I believe on this show that uh, I think there's a real chance that one day Barry Odom I don't know if they can keep him this long, but if he stays on long enough, I think he could be the next coach of Arkansas. You know when Sam Pittman decides to retire in a couple years, if if that even happens. But uh, regardless, mm-hmm. this this is just huge. Everybody knows how uh, big of a fan I am of uh, Barry Odom. But uh, what are your thoughts, Shane, on Sam Pittman? He, he lost the receivers coach, but I think this was a big um, big move to, to keep his staff together here. No, it's, it is. And it's not that the staff wasn't being poached because they still are. So uh, that just goes to show, you know, Sam put – put together a pretty good crew down there, but it's a tight crew. And, and these guys are, you know, it's just, that's just the Arkansas way right now is, is they're all in it together. And that's what I really like. And uh, if your coaches are getting poached, that means you're doing a good job. So uh, I, I think this is, this is a big get for Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And uh, staying on that theme, Shane, their head strength and conditioning coach, Jamil Walker, he was rumored to be joining the South Carolina staff, new uh, Shane Beamer, strength and conditioning coach. And, you know, they haven't put anything out official yet, but uh, he posted on social media year two, and it's and it's a picture of him with the Arkansas players. So safe to assume that he is staying put in Arkansas. That's another big win. You can't have, you know, these programs with uh, just one year of a strength and conditioning staff. Tennessee fans – we know all about that. Switch it up to strength and conditioning staff, what that does to your program. And then uh, Arkansas has officially hired a receivers coach, Kenny Guyon. He's a former Ohio State quarterback. They got him from Colorado State. He doesn't have a ton of experience. I don't know much about this guy, but I know that he worked with Kendall Bryles that one year when Kendall Bryles was running the offense at Houston. So mm-hmm. you got to assume that Bryles recommended this guy and and that's a good sign, I think, that Bryles is committed to staying at Arkansas, too, if he's you know, getting to pick his receivers coach. I don't think he's got one foot out the door like some people suggest either. Yeah, no, that's that's a – again, not only are they getting the players to come back, but they're getting the coaches to come back. So mm-hmm. uh, that's that's just what Arkansas is right now, and, and you got to love it if you're a fan. Okay, well, uh, sticking on the uh, coaching theme, big news here from Ole Miss. Let's jump on down to Oxford real quick. I did tell you, Ole Miss. Where the uh, offensive coordinator, Jeff Lebby, has agreed to a new two-year contract. And uh, this was big because Lebby, I started to see his name pop up. I don't think it w- there was really anything behind this, but some people were speculating that uh, he would jump down to Alabama which, again, I don't think he was on Alabama's radar. But I have heard that 
believe it or not, Shane, he was on Auburn's radar. So I think Auburn tried to poach Ole Miss's offensive coordinator and he turned him down. Either he turned him down or he got himself a new deal out of it one way or another. But uh, Ole Miss, we all know the offense they got going there. And with Matt Corral returning, uh, I think it was very important for them to keep the same coordinator, play caller for year two because uh, Ole Miss won four of their last five games. And you just want to keep that continuity going. You know what? Yeah, definitely, man. Now, the only the only bad news here, this is not official yet, but it's being reported that their special teams coach, Blake Guyam, he is expected to leave. He's joining Steve Sarkeesian's staff. That's being reported by uh, Bruce Feldman. So he's about as good as uh, as there is in the in the coaching news. So you 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 win. You can't win them all. You know what I mean? But I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather keep the offensive coordinator than the special teams coach any day of the week. Oh, any day, man. But it is an important part, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> hey, well, final thing. Let's uh, jump on down to Auburn real quick here. War damn eagle. Where just wanted to make this note. Uh, we all know Brian Harson, new head coach, going to be a new offense, but uh, it's official now. Anthony Schwartz, Seth Williams, and Eli Stove, top three receivers. They're all leaving, all going to the NFL. Those three guys, Shane, accounted for 145 catches. 1,755 yards and 10, 10 touchdowns this season. Man, this is uh, – the, the 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 passing game is going to be – if you thought Bo Nix was struggling without those guys, I mean, or with those guys, what's he going to do without them? I mean, it's going to be a total rebuild down there if Tank Bigsby does not return. And I don't know whether he will or not, but, uh, I mean, basically your, your hopes of next season, I think, kind of are all about him coming back. You know what? Yeah, man, that's going to be a tough. That's that, because that was part of the reasons why we ranked them so high in the preseason was that receiving core, and and now the cupboards bare. We got a new coach. Uh, you know, I'm trying to stay positive, Mike, but you know, I've I've seen this movie a few times, and it doesn't. You know, this is a rebuild almost. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they've got some talented young young guys down there, but yeah, you lose that much production at the receiver position and you know, you can do the research, man. The, uh, the, the returning production that teams have at the receiver position, just the way the game of football is moving, it's more and more important than ever. So uh, that's just something to think about when you're thinking about Auburn this off season. Yeah, definitely. All right, buddy. So, Hey, I just wanted to get a quick one out here with the Heisman and all that and all this coaching Mm -hmm. news and everything. Uh, But that's all I got, man. You got anything else before we hop off here? No, man. Uh, uh, again, I'm 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 happy for old Smitty. Uh, I'm actually I'm going to jump up here and do some research and see if uh, we've ever had a receiver at Heisman because I just don't know. So, <laughs> and it seems like I should have been a little more prepared for this. But uh, that's 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 cousin Shane for you. So, but other than that, Mike, I don't have anything. Uh, you know, just following the Twitter machine, just waiting to see who the hell's going to be coaching them Tennessee Volunteers <laughs> next year. And, you know, uh, there's still news coming out left and right. So um, I'm sure when we get it, we'll jump on here right now. I mean, hell, it's 10 o'clock at night. Mike's like, hey, you want to talk about the Heisman? Yeah, we'll jump on. So <laughs> that's what we're going to do. Just as soon as we get news or something to talk about, we're going to get on here and talk about it with you. Yes, yeah, sir. Well, Hey, that's going to do it. And uh, don't forget, if you made it this far, if you wouldn't uh, mind going just a step further, giving us that five-star 
written review on the Apple Podcast app. That really does help us out. We'll send you a beer koozie free of charge just for you, just to say thanks for doing that. And we don't forget in the show notes too, we got t-shirts and, and all kinds of merchandise to, to purchase over at tpublic.com. But uh, thanks, that's going to do it, buddy. Thanks for joining me as always. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. <laughs>